And it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on our site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Can we break the news, Gardner? Oh, yes. Can we have a world great idea? Yeah. Ian, thanks. That's an uh, an excellent idea. Gardner's pregnant? (laughs) (laughs) No, Gardner's getting married to you, Mark. Congratulations. (laughs) No, no, he's not. Um, no, we're, uh, we mentioned last, I mentioned last week that there's some, uh, some discussion going on behind the scenes about, yeah. uh, here in New Hampshire, you getting back on the air with your own show. Yeah. Because we've been sort of giving you the, you know, the mic, open microphone to come and, uh, espouse your viewpoints yeah. on a once a week basis because I know how it is when you're off the air. It, because you used to be on a couple different, uh, New Hampshire radio stations. Right, and, right. you know, they've, things happen and people get fired and, that happened to you, you and so, it. you know, I know that when you're not on the air, you want to be on the air, you got to have that microphone in front of you, so that's that's one of the reasons why I brought you in here, besides the fact that I enjoy having you on the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank uh, you, but, my friend. But you've been wheeling and dealing with a, a certain radio station, and yeah. you told me just moments before the program here that the deal is pretty much sealed. I, I don't, you don't think we're going to jinx anything at this point, right? No. Like, it's, it's pretty much 100% Monday... Next week, so this coming Monday, yes. you're going to be back on the air here in New Hampshire doing five days a week in the afternoons. Yeah, Ian, I am. And thank you and Mark both for being such stand-up guys and letting me come out with you guys. Well, you know, I, tra- um, I, I was so scared so when you were talking about leaving the state and going out to California and, and oh, yeah. doing your writing thing, which I know you <laughs> love to do. And yeah, yeah. I, 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 of course, am somebody that thinks, well, you know, you should follow your dreams and, and do it you think is best for yourself, but yeah. man, New Hampshire needs you, Gardner, uh, and uh, and I'm glad you decided to stick it out, and I, I knew you'd find another gig, and and so you you have done it, and uh, so starting Monday, can we can we say what station? Yeah, if you if you would uh, so desire, for you can our, do so absolutely. for our New Hampshire listeners. And I don't know if they have a stream, so this may they be they do. Yeah, okay, they do excellent. Yep. Okay, so this is for anybody then. Uh, if you want to catch Gardner's new show, is it still going to be called Against the Grain? It will be Against the Grain, and it will continue to do all of the weird things that we used to do. Absolutely excellent. Um, if you want to catch Gardner's Against the Grain, it Debuts, re-debuts, re-premieres, Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on WTPL. That's 107.7, I believe, in Concord, Concord. New Hampshire. So it's an FM. It's an FM talk. He's back on FM talk. What's the wattage? It's pretty big. It's a couple yeah. thousand watts, but they've got a, They must have their antenna up it's on a up mountaintop high. or something. Exactly. Like they, all the antennas are on mountaintops here in New Hampshire. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a knows. monster signal. So, Gardner, it's, are you going to do those little bits like you used to do? Absolutely, old time radio. And we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna have the old Sherlock Holmes, uh, old old time radio theater tonight. The Adventures of, you know, that sort of thing. We're going to have uh, the Sherlock Holmes. We're going to have visits from Mitsu Hitachi, of course, who uh, predicts the future for us by moving furniture because he's a master of feng shui. <laughs> oh, God, no. So good to have you here once more. And, uh, <laughs> and we'll also have some more caveman radio bits with Grumpy Old Caveman. And uh, my niece, Evolved Girl. So it <laughs> should be good. <laughs> now, so not only are they going to uh, be allowing you to stream it, but will they also allow you to podcast the show via yeah. libertyconspiracy.com, your yeah. website? Yeah, and Ian, i got to say, you know, one of the things uh, that has been just so terrific is you guys have let me use some of the audio when I'm on here over Liberty Conspiracy because we were using Liberty Conspiracy as not only a way to get out written information about news articles and, and stories in the news and so on that would pop up, but we would have audio content people could click 
click on the little player on the side, or they could download it if they wanted to and subscribe. And um, it's been great to keep up with the Liberty Conspiracy, and we have a lot of subscribers over there. But it's it's been frustrating because I wanted to do larger things with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have all the old skits from the show on two CDs. We're going to start offering those up for sale at the site. And That's T-shirts cool. and bumper stickers, yeah. So we're going to have all sorts of cool stuff over there, and I've been sort of waiting to let it sort of explode. And now we're going to have not only that station in Concord, but they're going to be firing up a number of other stations around the area. And Shh, shortly, I don't know if you're supposed to talk about that part. Well, they're, it's they're probably hush-hush. Half of it I can't. Okay. And uh, Yeah, and uh, so they're going to be starting some things up in, in uh, an area where I was just uh, just on the air mm-hmm. previously, uh, and a lot of the folks in the area are waiting for that. They're all aware of that, and everybody is very excited about it. So uh, we're going to have probably the largest saturation for the show that we've ever had in the entire state. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be big. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty excited about it. It's going to be awesome. So there you go. Congratulations, thank to you, you, Gardner. Thank you, thank and you. I'm hoping that I know that you're a busy guy and everything, but I'm hoping <laughs> that we'll still see you on Free Talk Live. From I time am to time. still reserving my Mondays, okay. my brother. All right. Good enough. Yeah. I am pleased. Oh yeah. Eight hundred. You're going to get tired of that. Doing a full time. <laughs> you're doing full time uh, during the day and then driving out here. An hour and a yeah, half. Yeah, but you know, it might be something where I'm saying to myself, guys, I didn't get to talk about this in the year. Forget what you're saying. I'm, I want to talk. And you'll be like, oh, Jesus. Well, your show, again. you know, your show, when uh, when I heard it back when it was on the other stations, it, uh, you know, you focused on New Hampshire issues, but you yeah. also went to national issues. Yeah. And so Free Talk Live is always going to be a, a venue for you to really harp on the national issues. Since Absolutely. We've got a, a yeah. wider audience here. You got it, man. All right, 800-259-9231. We're here to do Free Talk Live tonight and talk to you about whatever's on your mind. You can bring up whatever you want, 1-800-259-9231. Lots to talk about, but let's start with the police state. Mm. Or, well, I don't know if this is so much of a police state story as it is just another story to indicate the increasing level the ever-increasing level of uh, government control. In fact, this is one of those stories where it's uh, the government borrowing a a bad idea from another government. In the case of, uh, actually, this is the case of the United Kingdom borrowing a bad idea from the U.S. military. Here's what's going on. From the London Evening Standard, the Ministry of Defense over there has introduced new guidelines to prevent military personnel from talking about their experiences as members of the armed forces. Soldiers, uh, sailors, and Air Force members will be prevented from blogging, taking part in surveys, speaking in public, or posting on bulletin boards, according to The Guardian. Mm. They'll also be barred from playing multiplayer computer games and sending text messages, photographs, and audio and video material without permission if they relate to defense matters. Now, we, we read a very similar story that honestly I haven't seen any follow-up on, so I have no way of knowing if they went through with this. I feel like they did. I thought that that was what the story was that we were reading. But here in the um, the U.S. military, the Pentagon has put similar um, restrictions mm. on their active service members as well. So if you're over in Iraq and you were blogging through the official U.S. military Internet connection, you are no longer allowed to do that. And you have to ask permission from your commanding officer anytime you wish to blog or do any sort of uh, posting about your status in the military. What happens if you're writing a personal email to someone else? Those might be screened, I suppose. That's As I understand it, everything outgoing is subject to screening yeah. at this point. Yeah. And it, they really made it sound like there was a severe chill on the freedom of speech 
for these military members. Well, you know, with uh, what happened with the New Republic just over the past couple of weeks with uh, the American Spectator outing the New Republic and their uh, military blogger who had claimed that certain things had happened and now it appears through investigation, uh, it appears pretty sure that uh, much of what this guy said was happening in Iraq was bogus. Uh, certain things laughing at women who had been maimed by e- uh, uh, improvised explosive devices, IEDs, and things like that. In that the New sounds Republic. believable to me. Yeah, well, like, I've you seen know. I've seen videos on YouTube and LiveLeak that showed the Marines or or whoever Army guys laughing at some pretty awful things. You know, I, in the military culture, anybody shoot in the hunting culture, you know, lots of things get laughed at or, or you you become coarser you know yeah. you become very coarse and and, and that's and, tragic know, yeah if you're out camping you know a bunch of people you're isolated from people and that's just the way human psychology works and the question is whether or not these claims by this guy uh he obviously had an agenda and so this this apparently is in a, re- a response to that um and you know it brings the question you know if you are really at war you know hypothetically if your nation really is at war then uh what sort of parameters do you set up beforehand so that you can try to be successful do you want your guys giving out information remember when Geraldo Rivera was embedded in well, Iraq and I think he gave Bush, out the location? I think Bush shot that to hell when he made the deal with Turkey that he wouldn't split Iraq into uh, three countries but now this isn't about tactical information that's always sort of been embargoed I mean that's all mm. that's sort of old news yeah. this is just about opinions because the military in this case the U- uh, United Kingdom uh, or our military they want to sculpt they want to mold the message coming out of Iraq or mm. wherever it is they are and they don't like it when individual soldiers get on and mouth off about their beliefs. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com. The place to go. The features on the site. Well, we give them away. Unlike those other talk show hosts who want to charge you five, six, or seven bucks a month for their sites, ours is for free. And that includes all the features, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photos and prove they listen to the show. We've got not one, not two, but three brand new Shriners that we added to the site today. A bunch of them. Uh, Valerie. Anya and Tanya. Nice. Uh, no relation between Anya and Tanya. Why would there be? I don't know. It sounds, you know, it's alliterative. No, alliterative is when the first letter they is rhyme. the same. They rhyme. I didn't know if there was a bigger word for that. Very that nice. Sounds smarter. Sound very good, especially for the new ladies. Shrine.freetalklive.com gets you to it. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. Come. And Julia's bio is up now. It's up. With she a picture of her when it. she's four. Yes, driving a little very bumper cool. boat. Mm, it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from here, just looking, they, they look like very fine additions. Indeed, indeed. She hates that picture, by the way, Mark. She hates all pictures of herself. So it, was very, a, it was very difficult to get her to do this. She's such a drama queen about the pictures. Everybody hates their, um, you know, no, nobody thinks to themselves, oh, I'm so cute. Everybody's <laughs> self-critical about the, the messages they leave on answering machines, yeah. their own childhood photos. You know, get off it. Nobody else cares. It's just cute picture. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. for everybody. I mean that all over the world. Anybody who says, oh, you can't look at my childhood pictures. They're so embarrassing. No, they're not. one 800 You want is- embarrassing? One time when I was a kid, my mom woke me up, uh, you know, because I had uh, gone to sleep on the way home in the car. And I had to, of course, pee before I went to bed every time. And for some reason or another, I peed in the waste paper basket instead of the, uh, oh my. the toilet. Yeah. Now, there's embarrassing. That is, she didn't get a picture, though, so... No, well, that would be embarrassing. 
The guidelines. By the way, just a few more thoughts on this uh, story from the London Evening Standard that the Ministry of Defense in the United Kingdom is now making it so their soldiers, sailors, and Air Force members can no longer blog, speak in public, post on bulletin boards, play multiplayer video games, send text messages, photos, audio or video without permission. Uh, The guidelines say, quote, all such communication must help to maintain and, where possible, enhance the reputation of of defense. And that's the important point. Mm. Because the military does a fine job of, uh, you know, making itself sound wonderful, of, you know, if, if imbuing society with this heartwarming feeling about our service members, support our troops, they're doing good, they're keeping you free. War is a great thing for the economy, war is wonderful, we're doing the right thing in Iraq. And then when somebody who's actually in the military, comes out and says, this is hell. I want to go home. Yeah. Get me out of here. As many military members are saying, I mean, look at the uh, the overwhelming amount of support for Ron Paul from military members. He is the number one most popular candidate as far as contributions are concerned. Military yeah. members who are actually contributing to presidential campaigns. They're giving more money to Ron Paul. More military members are donating to Ron Paul than anyone else. That means that they want to go home because that's the message he's out there um, purveying. Yeah. And so the military hates it, hates it when a military member has the gall to come out and express his opinion for the, the awful war, the awful conflict he's been forced into. You know, in microcosm, what you've got there is a, a, a really an example of the top-down mentality regarding speech and dissent that can't be allowed in any sort of a, a free or pluralistic society. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it also goes to show that uh, the government would prefer it if you didn't talk out about um, yeah. against what they have to say. Yeah. Now, they can control the military members. Because they own them. They do. They, they signed a contract, silly as it might have been. You know, they, they thought to themselves, well, my life isn't worth, and, you know, I, I can get a little direction in the military or whatever it is they thought. So they signed this contract. They probably, you know, who could possibly read the entire, uh, you know, military, what is it, the, the, the book called, the Military... Code of Justice Code or of Justice yeah, or whatever. The whole book on what the rules are yeah. that you have mm-hmm. to obey in there, the whole new set of laws and rules, how you sign away your personal liberties mm-hmm. um you know so the military can control them they can't control us but they'd like to and what does this say about as you say you know about what's going on on the ground down there that we're not hearing and we won't hear you know exactly if, as you say you know the military is really back in ron paul uh we have a lot of folks who would like to massage the message make sure that they control it from the top and so all the things were is it that is it that they're afraid that the news media is so against this war that they're just going to pick out things that'll make everything look terrible because we often hear that you know a lot of the it's not necessarily the media I don't think they're afraid of the media they're afraid of anybody reporting on what a what a uh, an individual in the military has to say even if it's just somebody reading the blog that they might be writing for themselves yeah. they don't like the message getting out there that the military is inefficient that the military is uh, is inept that the military military is doing bad things, mm-hmm. that uh, the members of the military are doing awful things, that higher-ranking members might be corrupt. I mean, the, all kinds of things have come out of Iraq, and a lot of it has been because of, you know, a soldier blogging or yeah. a soldier writing home to his, uh, to his family or something like that. And now they're clamping down. And what is this? How does that make you feel? You know, if you are somebody who is a, a lover of all things military, 
maybe when you were in the military, you had a little bit more freedom of speech. Now they're making it so you just don't have that anymore. How does that make you feel about the military now? Do you, do you, you know, still shaking your fist in the air and going, yeah, you know, got to keep them under control, those loud mouths. You know, 1-800-259-9231. I was going to say, uh, one of the things that I often hear in the neocon radio, uh, established radio thing, radio networks and things like that, uh, you know, Fox News, is that, well, you know, if these reports are out there, you get a geometric increase in the coverage of these bad reports compared to the good news that comes out. So we should so, stifle the um, any anything that a military member has to say. Well, that's the rationale that they provide. It's they a say, crappy rationale. Exactly. You know, it, it's it's the fault of the left wing media. So we've got to shut down everything because they might take it and put it disproportionately out there for people and give them the wrong impression. Now, um, you guys know more about technical stuff than I do, and I'm sure that our um, listeners probably can call in with with some answers answers on this. But what if you wanted to just do a anonymous blog, uh, you know, Soldier X reports That's the on only the way front. you can do it now. So you would you would be able to do such a thing. I well, mean, what you'd you have would to have do, to do it on their computers. Remember likely. when we no no remember when we talked about this the first time? Uh, I think it was Puke or somebody else in the military had called in to tell us that when they were online in Iraq, they were typically not using the military's internet access. What they would do is they would go and borrow like a satellite dish or get some sort of local Wi-Fi point or something like that that they would take access from. So mm. they were using local sort of Iraqi internet access or satellite access in order to get online, and so they were, weren't even Iraq using rolling blackouts. What kind of Internet access do they have? It's possible, it's possible some of them uh, also, right when they get out, but let's say they, they get restationed to Kuwait or they're back up in Rammstein or something like that, then they'll get on and tell what they just experienced or something in, a, in an Internet cafe or something like something that. Something like that, but they still... If you're getting on and you're posting as a military member and it's forbidden to post things as a military member, then the best you can do is to say, well, I'm a military member and that's all I can tell you. Because you can't give them any identifying information. Uh, you can't really, use it on you. Right, because then they'll trace, trace, you know, track you down and slap some charges on you. So now anything coming out that seems outrageous from someone claiming to be a military member is almost – it's going to be unverifiable. Right. And this is this is bad news for those of you who actually care about freedom of speech and, and getting to hear the other side of what some military members think about their stay in Iraq. And now they're doing it over in the United Kingdom. So I just wanted to share that with you. Just looking at this free speech crackdown. It's happening here. It's happening there. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of your waves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Sacred CAI toll-free line for you. That's one 800 259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site for free. Archives included. An entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the site. For your downloading convenience, go and get them on us. That is freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. 
so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231 is our number. Let's go right to the phone calls and talk to Tim in Pennsylvania. Tim, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, Tim. Um, I can't hear you real well. I'm sorry. I don't know why that would be, uh, but we can hear you fine. So if you just want to go ahead and our board op will probably try to make some adjustments while you, uh, while you go ahead and uh, get your point out. Alrighty. Um, a couple weeks ago, um, we have a we have a lake here in Pennsylvania. It's Racetown Lake, and a few weeks ago, um, we have uh, kayaks we take out there, and we take um, two kayaks out, and no, actually one kayak, and you'd paddle around, do stuff, whatever. And uh, as we're coming back to leave, um, this patrol boat comes flying up, and these guys start yelling at us, and they ask to see our life jackets. Well, we were missing one, and Uh-oh. we end up getting a fine for it, and it's 70 bucks. Jeez. And, I mean, we were done. We were at the dock just ready to get out. And they were real mean and rude. And, uh, you know, I say, you know, if you don't have a life jacket, that's your choice. As it should be. I think a lot of people that are forced to wear life jackets probably know how to swim. Did the person, you know, was the person in question an infant, or were they an adult who has probably swum before? Um, we were, let's see, my brother was the one, he's about 20 years old, definitely could swim. Yeah. I could, I can understand the life jacket rule. I mean, I'm certainly not, I don't, I'm not for government intervention in your personal affairs, but I could understand if you were talking about an infant. You know, somebody who definitely, or a very young child that has not yet gone through swimming classes. I don't think humans have changed that much from the Titanic, where they got the women and the children off, and the men went down with the boat. You know, that's what happens when you don't have enough safety equipment, is I think that uh, it seems likely to me that an adult would sacrifice themselves for a child. Sure. I don't know that a uh, an adult couldn't, you know, an adult with a life jacket couldn't hold up a uh, child anyway. But, you know, it's, it seems like... It, it seems unwise not to have the uh, life jacket. You look, should have it. Look, but. you guys, let's let's just get this straight. This is all part of the life jacket manufacturer's conspiracy. <laughs> we all know, but you know, it, it does bring the question. If it, and, and oftentimes my mind travels in this direction. You know, where do we draw the line, particularly about children, where the state can intervene in our own affairs to protect us, but then. What happens if we have kids and we're not doing what the majority thinks is appropriate for the protection of those children? It seems common sense to get something for your kid, uh, particularly if your kid isn't that good a swimmer. Uh, but you know, where do you draw the line? If they can make that sort of a, a decision to force mm. you to get it for the kid and to force the kid to wear it, uh, then what other things can they do? Can they get into your home? Uh, you know, where does that stop? Well, the problem seems to be that they keep redrawing the line. So, right. you know, it might have used to have been that it was only for kids, and then they decided to make it for adults because the, there's an occasional adult who will drink a little too much and forget how to swim or something. Right. You know, who knows what the excuse was to expand it, but their control levels continuously expand out a yeah. notch here and a notch there. Before you know it, they can tell you, you know, how to put your pants on in the morning. Right, and the question <laughs> is choice, I think, and I don't know how you feel about this in Pennsylvania, but um, for me, the question is choice, and as many times as we can give people the choice as possible, I feel much more comfortable. So if we were in a private paradigm, you may end up having the same sort of rules in order to get out to a lake, uh, the group of people who own it, or if you privately own it and you, you come to an agreement with other people, you say, okay, we've come up with these rules, and everybody's gonna, everybody comes down here. If you're going to enjoy the water that we own, you're going to wear one. Well, if they, point. if they want to enforce that rule, that's fine. Then the, before the boat goes out, they would likely say, do you have enough life jackets for everyone? Not this 
Ha! We caught you without a life jacket. Seventy dollars, sucker. Right. You, you know, could afford to have the uh, enforcers out for that. Doesn't really, um, you know, like this giving this fine, this negative reinforcement. It's it's strange. I mean, who benefits from this? Neg- you know, the state does, so that we can go around and find more people. Right. Without you could have jackets. taken that seventy dollars and bought a life jacket, but not anymore. Now it's going to go into the coffers <laughs> of the state. To right. Now it used to be. I know that, uh, like, when you had a problem with your uh, vehicle or something like that, they'd give you. 14 days or something to get that thing fixed, and mm-hmm. then you had to uh, get it signed by the, uh, the 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 shop where you got the right. you know light bulb that was burned out or whatever. It's just like getting a doctor's note from when you were in school. But at the very least, what this would have allowed if they did this kind of thing is they would have um, you know here send in the receipt for the life jacket that you bought. Well, I have one at home or whatever. I don't know. You know, some kind of um, you know to say that you put it in the boat to rectify it as opposed to just giving out this ne- negative reinforcement type yeah. fine. Yeah, but you know, you and I both know it's all about the fines, though. It's it is about really the about keeping people safe. It's about fundraising. The opportunity to pocket seventy bucks here and there. And uh, so, Tim, any other thoughts for us? Um, later on, we went out again, and we had a cushion that said it was a PDF on the tag. Hmm. It was like a you know a cushion you'd sit on or something, but I mean it easily keep you up. So we went out with that, and this boat, you know, I mean, this was weeks later. You know, one of the patrol boats came flying up, and, you know, like, we showed it to them. They're like, no, that doesn't count. You know, don't they, go they out. They decided it doesn't count? Yeah, they did. Well, that's that's kind <laughs> of them. They get to decide now what what's a life jacket <laughs> yeah. and what isn't. I mean, you, you could not drown with it. I mean, so... It says uh, personal flotation to, device on it? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Well, then. So we went back to shore, and uh, we got things rectified and let someone off or whatever. I mean, it was just a cag. And we went back out. And they came, you know, flying back over in their boat. They sat at the end of the bay and waited for us. And they, and they started yelling, like, don't you dare go out and everything. And we're like, wow. um, we have enough now. And they're rude about it. And it was ridiculous. Yeah, well, customer service isn't a priority for these guys. Thank you for the story, True. Tim. It was a good one. Great, Appreciate man. hearing from you. 800-259-9231. You just want to go out and enjoy a nice day on the lake or on the river or on the bay or wherever it is you're going to boat. And can't all get you, away from the bureaucrats. Right, you can't get away from these people. They're down your throat every moment they possibly can. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't ask to search the boat while they were at it. You know, that could have been justified under certain laws. Right. Talk about ramping up the tension. Well, yeah. we also had a call last week from one of our Montana listeners who was also complaining about similar boating enforcement where they were doing a DUI check. And, or or know, a B, the, I guess it's a BUI, voting while uh, intoxicated. These, and these complaints aren't just the sort of things where you say, oh, well, you're a termigrant. You're the sort of person who complains anyway. Termigrant, my dad taught me that one. Yeah, that's a new one for yeah, me. You taught it to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my dad was good with stuff like that. So uh, he was like wicked good with words and stuff. So yeah. anyway, uh, you know, it's not just that you wanna, you're want you part of a culture of complaint or anything like that. It's that, look, there is a justified reason you're speaking out because you feel that this and other things are in, uh, infringing on your ability to live the life that you would like to live, and you probably suspect it's happening to your neighbors. And that's not right. It, well, it's obviously happening to our neighbors. We're getting calls from them. Yeah. And it's outrageous. Uh, can you defend the actions on the part of the boating cops? I, I just think these people should really get a life. Please, can you get a real job where you're actually helping people? You know, maybe providing a product or service that people actually want from yeah. you? I was watching this movie that uh, Bill called in. Bill, who is one of the, the newer movers here to New Hampshire, he called in last week and recommended it to me, which I'll recommend to you guys because I've seen it now. It's great. It was, it's called In Pot We Trust. 
It was on the Showtime Network's great mm-hmm. little hour and a half documentary. Mm-hmm. It's so it, it's only an hour and a half, but it felt like it was over two hours. It was really just packed full of uh, interesting scenes. I was going to say that's not a reference to any sort of chemical things in a time warp or anything, is it? No, I, I don't think so. Uh-uh. So uh, it was really good. It, uh, it was re- very good. They followed um, various different sort of story arcs. It was it was a documentary, and so they yeah. followed some people that were using medical marijuana for the very first time, and you got to see just the stunningly amazing effects that this drug had on these people. It was their first time ever, um, one of them was their first time ever smoking it. The other one, as Bill described to us, was a lady who, she had been smoking marijuana for medicinal purposes. She has this uh, palsy, I think it is, mm-hmm. where she can't speak, and it, it's just the most awful speech impediment. She has the, the worst stutter you've ever heard. Mm. She can barely get words out, normally. Three hits later, she's speaking normally. Wow. I mean, it's just it's just miraculous stuff. And uh, so, you know, you've got those people juxtaposed against the enforcers, right? They've got the DEA guy. They've got the guy that's out finding the plants and, you know, sort of following their stories at the same time. And I'm watching footage of these guys crawling around in fatigues through the forest looking for marijuana. And I'm just thinking, are you serious? I used to do that crap when I was, you know, 10 years old. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free. And if you like the show, you should help uh, support Free Talk Live by shopping at the Free Talk Live store. Just go to store.freetalklive.com. Shop through our selection of excellent quality merchandise. I know you'll be satisfied. Everyone has with uh, the the great products we've got in the store. Everything from Free Talk Live hoodies, which are one of our newer items. And uh, I'm uh, anxiously awaiting my hoodies. Johnson said he was sending them to us this past weekend, Mark. So uh, we should be getting those soon. Yes. Apparently, I had to to take a large so that you could get a medium. Oh, did you? How nice of you. Yeah, I could see see (laughs) that you were not going to be using large. (laughs) You are a little bit larger than I am. Anyway, uh, so we've got Free Talk Live. In more ways than one, my friend. (laughs) We've got uh, Free Talk Live uh, t-shirts. We've got all kinds of stuff. Uh, Great classic archive DVD collector sets and more. Got a big heart. At store.freetalklive.com. As the dollar continues to drop, precious metals rise. Make the trend your friend by subscribing to the International Speculator. Go to D2Z.org and add the right precious metal mining stocks to your portfolio. That's D2Z.org. As we go to the phones to talk to Jeff in Minnesota. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Jeff in Minnesota. Going once. Jeff in Minnesota going twice. Hello. Hey, Jeff. Hey. What's on your mind? That's Cottage Grove, Oregon. I'm sorry, what now? I'm in Cottage Grove, Oregon. Well, sorry about that. Hello, Jeff in Oregon. What's on your mind? Well, I want to bring up uh, Dr. Aubrey de Grey's appearance on Saturday. He's from the Methuselah Foundation and was on talking about reversing the aging process. Yeah, that's right. That was, we, yeah, that was interesting. Just, did you Happy hear that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I caught the, uh, the, the webcast. So what about uh, Dr. Aubrey de Grey, who is uh, anxiously trying to discover a, uh, a cure for aging? What about him? Well, you had Eric in Michigan call in. It was kind of a jerk uh, referring to the interview as an infomercial, and I just thought I'd 
bring up the fact that when you have a guest on, you want to give them a chance to plug their book or their foundation or whatever, just as common courtesy in exchange for having them come on the show. Absolutely. So, that guy was up at midnight his time. He stayed up late. At 1 o'clock. Uh, well, well, it was, it was 1 o'clock when the, the interview by, was by, over. By the, by the time was you know, he stayed up late for us uh, to appear on our program, and he's a world-renowned expert. I mean, this is a pretty... This is a pretty big dude to have on the show. Now, Eric, you know, sometimes when you're a funny guy, your jokes fall flat, you know, and, and maybe he was, I'm just trying to take the uh, take his side here, maybe he was trying to tell a joke and it just didn't work out. I think he just didn't like the um, the topic because it wasn't Could be. political enough for him. Yeah, you know, right, you're right about that. Uh, from time to time, I'll get the occasional email from somebody who's upset. You know, he remember he started his phone call by saying, yeah, I tuned in to hear about Liberty and I hear this uh, infomercial or whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I have to remind people from time to time, this isn't the show about liberty. No, Free Talk guys... Live is a show about anything that happens to be hosted by people who believe in freedom and liberty. Yeah, you guys will do, uh, bring up anecdotes about your life, funny things that happen to you, waiting in a line at a uh, fast food place or whatever. We, we, we talked about breast implants on Friday night. There so, I mean, the, the topics are all over the place on this show. It's just that since we have that liberty mindset, that's how we can come at all of the issues and... If essentially it, it becomes a show, mm-hmm. you know, it becomes a show that has a very heavy pro-liberty message, but that, you know, it fools some people into thinking that's what we're all about. And again, this is the show where you can call in and bring up what you want. So I appreciate you uh, bringing that up. Any other thoughts for us? Yeah, I, I really do appreciate your eclectic uh, mix of topics and, and guests. And I, I also think that um, Dr. DeGray's um, Research really does fit in with a lot of liberty ideas. A lot of people in the longevity movement are um, focused on science and reason and individual human achievement. And this was really a natural fit with people in the liberty movement who were are objectivists, um, came to it via, say, the work of Robert Heinlein. Um, and uh, the, also just, I suppose, the iconoclastic kind of view that you have to have as a libertarian where you're not – sort of hooked into this idea that, uh, I don't know, you, the traditional religious ideas are the idea that when it comes your turn to die, society says, you know, you lay down like a good boy in your grave and they shovel the dirt over you. Right. That, mm-hmm. that it's, you know, if, if this, the, the idea that the individual has the right to live as long as he wants. Absolutely. You know, you dug way, way, way deeper into that than I ever did. I just wanted the guy on because I like the idea of living forever. That's about as dig as far uh, as far deep as I dug on that one. But uh, I'm glad you liked the interview, and uh, he's really an approachable guy. You could probably email him. I don't know how much email he gets, but he certainly responded to the email that said international radio opportunity in the subject. <laughs> but uh, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. If you missed the interview, uh, Dr. Aubrey de Grey, it's posted right there on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. And, of course, all of our past interviews of all of the guests we've had on the show, which are, you know, I think of less than 50 at this point. We we don't really have guests on too very often. No. But uh, so when we do, since it's such an unusual thing, we will take the time to uh, to post their full interview on our website for archival purposes. And I, and I have to say that you know he picked a great photograph, but it's clearly not quite as nice a photo as the ones that the new ampler amplifiers and, and Shriners uh, <laughs> yes. have provided you. He uh, he's not uh, the most attractive of men, but uh, then again, if you like really 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 long beards, um, maybe you disagree. You never know. I think you know. You never know. Beards are human plumage. Um, if you, if it, it's the God's honest truth. I mean, what what defines plumage? Look, you mean when, like uh, like a peacock? 
That well, kind of thing? The male of a species generally is the more flamboyant and beautiful of the species. This is true with lions and their manes, peacocks and their feathers. <laughs> I don't know. Look, if you're like, talking Elton it. John and Liberace, then maybe flamboyant, peacock-like comes I, out. I'm but only I don't t- know about, you know, beard. I'm only talking about, you know, what sets males apart from females in the sense of, you know, what you can view from the outside and... Beards are any, male plumage. Any of you guys looked at the beard that James Bovard has? You know, I, he's got I, this funky... I'll have to tell James you said that. It's I don't know who he is. James. He's a, he's a great uh, great writer on, on uh, limited government and criticizing those who You'll are You'll see him power. on Lou Rockwell from yeah, time to time. Yeah, he's real okay. good. Real good. You guys but, remember these you know, people's Mark, names. I know. In, in my visits here to the show, I have to say there, there are two statements now that have stuck with me <laughs> so well from you. One is... I just wish those anarchists would leave me alone, <laughs> which I think is just uh, so funny for people who are really digging political philosophy. The people who uh, adhere to the non-aggression policy, I wish those guys would leave me alone. I love that. Right. I want that on, on a bumper sticker. And then um, this one. But beards are beards just are human plumage. plumage. Right. I, I see where you're coming from in that you could see it from a distance, Mark, but a lot of I think there are a lot of ladies out there that don't appreciate having a prickly beard uh, pushed up against them when I they're understand uh, receiving complete- a kiss. Completely, that some women like beards and some don't. Certainly, my wife doesn't like uh, facial hair. My, I bet it's most. My don't. mother doesn't like it. Uh, you know, but I don't know about most or anything. But what that is is that's just. Um, you should start a poll on that's the, just uh, the a polling fad. pit. Um, I, yeah, yeah, you could start. Go to how would you do that? You go to, you go to bbs.freetalklive.com. There's a polling section. You can start polls in there about whatever you want. People will vote on them. Now take a look at the uh, pictures of the presidents uh, chronologically. You'll see that uh, Washington, Jefferson, Adams, all these guys. No facial hair. Mm-hmm. Then you start in with... Uh, oh, and that I, had to be a pain in the butt, too. I'm not, I mean, I'm not 100% then, sure who the first ways, one is, right. but Lincoln got a beard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ulysses S. Grant has a beard. Grover yeah. Cleveland has a mustache. Then you see a rash of facial hair. Now, mm-hmm. there hasn't been a president with facial hair, I don't know, since uh, Taft, maybe. Huh. <laughs> Interesting point. Yeah, so it's just, it, it, it's, it's just a fad. It's just what comes and goes and what people like. Continuing with the phone calls, let's go to Don in New York. Don, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello, Don, in New York. Hey, what, Ian, Mark, and Gart. What hey, is on your mind, Don? I called to talk to Free Talk Live, but there's this infomercial about male plumage going on. <laughs> <laughs> See, now there's a joke that flew. Brought to you by Gillette. <laughs> there you go. I'm with you on that. Male plumage and ZZ Top, they must be the king, of, the king males, right? They absolutely are. <laughs> um, that was an interesting show you had Saturday with the, uh, the doctor extending life. However, I will not be one to sign up for that. It's very scary. You mean you uh, would you would not want to live forever if you had the opportunity? No, sir. No. Why? No. I just think the uh, 65 is about as long as I want to go. I don't want to be around in 150 years if if we haven't collapsed the government and, and reformed it. Are you going to uh, at 65? Are you going to take yourself out? No, of course not. No, I'll let nature do that for me. So, I mean, what, uh, I'm estimating somewhere around 65, 70. But what Doctor uh, DeGray was pointing out is that you know people don't like the process of getting old, and what he's looking to do is solve that. So, you know, you'd literally be able to reverse the aging process instead of continuing to get old and decrepit. Uh, you'd be able to either stay where you're at or actually get back to where the way you were in your 20s. That would be something you'd just say, Nah, that's all right. I like the idea of being in a wheelchair. Yes. And then just, yeah, living out. Because, I mean, why would you want to live to be 150 years old? I mean, I, and it's not the first I've heard of the, the, the topic. I've heard it uh, mentioned earlier this year that in 20, 30 years, 50 years, that uh, other people believe that we'll be to a point where either we'll be merged with machines uh, or 
uh, and then the advanced. I, for one, welcome our new robot we masters. Would be able to, <laughs> to the aging process. Uh, you know, in 25 or 30 years, I'm already going to be so old, you know, and it's, it's going to be my time. I understand. You know? And that, that you, you, you're validating one of the points I made on the show that Aubrey disagreed with, and that is that there are going to be a p- bunch of people. Because, you know, overpopulation came up as a concern, right? That there would be a lot of people that are like you that are just, eh, I want to die. And, That's you know? the other thing, is how will this affect, uh, well, it's obviously going to affect natural selection. Um, Maybe because so. Because you're going to be altering the natural selection process in a huge way. Don, thanks for the call, and uh, enjoy your death. More on the way, this is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. It's the place to go. The features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. On the way here, uh, we'll give you the latest on some numbers and more information about how the federal government is sending your tax dollars to local governments and turning them into surveillance cameras. Gardner's got the story. We'll get to that here. Uh, But first, we're going to John in Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, John. John in Ohio. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to live over 100,000 years. (laughs) Of course, I'll probably change my mind when I'm 99.99. Well, you know, that's the cool thing about the life extension technologies is you can always take your own life. It's not like you're invincible. You're just immortal. That's all. Um, right. you, you just aren't going to die until, you know, you happen to get in a car accident or uh, you kill yourself, basically. Right. But what I was calling about is uh, you were talking about uh, the affrontery of the uh, boating cops. Yeah, the cops that are uh, harassing people on the waterways, they're giving right. DUI well, checkpoints, uh, that sort of thing, harassing people I, for not I, having I'd life like jackets. I'd remind you of the uh, FBI thing that uh, went on down in Florida. And what's that? A couple's uh, infant uh, child was kidnapped out of their house, no evidence of break-in. So the FBI decided they would pin the disappearance on the parents and uh, charge them with murder. And uh, oh dear! In part of the investigation, uh, they bugged the house, and uh, they wanted the transcripts read in court, but they didn't want the tapes played. Who's they? The FBI. Why is that? Well, uh, you know, they said, you know, the uh, transcripts of the tapes would be sufficient. It wasn't a big uh, thing, but, uh, you know, the tapes uh, or the uh, transcripts, they had these conversations between the parents, uh, Mm -hmm. evidently the wife... uh, Ask the husband, you really didn't mean to kill her, did you? And, you know, stuff oh, like this, really incriminating stuff. And, uh, of course, the defense, uh, they forced the uh, 
tapes themselves to be played. And what happened? Uh, they turned out to be so incomprehensible that the judge not only uh, ruled that the uh, tapes could be played, he dismissed the charges against the wow, couple that's amazing. with prejudice. So you're saying that basically the tapes were so incomprehensible that the FBI agents were basically sort of making up the transcripts. Well, they they made up every word of it. Amazing. Because there were there there was not a single word that was you know because of household noises. Sure. And the placement of the, uh, the microphones and everything. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, put it past them. I mean, those guys, they don't care if they get the right person. All they care about is that they can point the to it. All they want is to get someone locked up. Yep, that way they can look like they, they're doing their jobs when, in fact, they're putting innocent people Absolutely. in prison, and, and it's tragic. Look like John, thanks for the call. We appreciate and, hearing uh, from you, sir. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. That one's got to ring close to home, Mark. I mean, you know, people being... Uh, framed by the government simply to pad some arrest records or to pad some conviction rates um, where you end up with people in jail cells. In this case, they got lucky and the judge threw out the charges. But in many other cases, with overzealous prosecutors and uh, and that sort of thing, you've got people who are completely innocent taking up jail cells around the country. You know, um, when you're in when you're in jail, like I was at one point, um, you get kind of cynical and everybody claims to be innocent. And so you don't believe anybody. Wow. But you know it's true that there are, I mean, you were one of them. I, uh, I, the I wouldn't have called in, myself innocent. I didn't um, commit the crime that they uh, charged me with, but I had, you know, I'd committed crimes along the way there. I understand that, but uh, the, the one you were in jail for, you didn't necessarily well, do like the, they the said way, you did. The, the definition of the law that they, um, you know, they, they charged me with second-degree murder. I didn't kill anybody, but... Look, if you and I go into a uh, convenience store, I shoot the uh, clerk, you walk out with me, you've committed murder. I understand that. Nonetheless, you do understand where I'm coming from, right? I, They're putting innocent people in jail. I mean, you're the one who's always coming to bat for the uh, the prisoners that I'm surprised you aren't jumping all over this. You're the one who normally goes to bat for all of the d- dozens and dozens, over 100 now, prisoners who've been exonerated and vindicated after the fact by DNA evidence and that sort of thing that shows without a doubt that they were wrongly convicted and spent 5, 10, 15 years in state and federal prisons for crimes they didn't commit. I, I would Guys to- on death row. I would totally agree that uh, if you're innocent, you need to take that baby to trial and, and take it all the way through. It's just that, you know, a lot, sometimes innocent people take plea bargains for whatever reason they um, take them, and they shouldn't. In many cases, they're coerced. In many cases, the police, you know. And they shouldn't. Just this story over the past three weeks down in Massachusetts, three guys who were wrongfully imprisoned, uh, these guys for, uh, I believe it was rape and murder, they were in jail for 30 years. Oh, my God. And they just got a settlement of, you know, like a million dollars each, something like that. I'd rather have my one. 30 years. <laughs> yeah, and two of the men are, are dead. There's only one guy wow. who's still alive, and he's an, you know pretty old guy. I think he's, I don't know how old he is. Uh, you know, I, I, I Old enough that his friends are dead. dead. Yeah, I mean, the other guys are all dead. So we're he sorry. Out his entire life is here, We're sorry. Here you go. Right. How can they possibly find these guys innocent after 30 years? There's no evidence. I don't know. I don't know either. The, don't know. The, Maybe the real killer came out on his deathbed or something like that. Who knows? 800-259-9231. Let's go to Standish in Pennsylvania. Standish, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, I just want to know uh, who are you guys uh, going to vote for for the election in 08? 
Well, I mean, it's hard, kind of hard to say at this point. It's, a, it's a long ways away, and it's difficult I to know. I want you guys to give out your privacy and everything, but, like, I, I just want to know who you're leaning towards, because uh, the way I see it, uh, the uh, if you don't vote for Republican, then if you then you don't like America. And if you don't like America, <laughs> yeah. You're not being serious, are you? What? You're not serious, are you? See, the Democrats, they're fluxing. They're what? Fluxing. What's that mean? They're fluxing? Well, like it came waffling? to me in a dream. Sorry, say that again? came to me in a dream. They're fluxing. Yeah, you're very, very prophetic. Thanks for the call, Standish. Uh, in regards to his comments... Um, Obviously, we're supporting Ron Paul for president. Uh, so far, I am supporting Ron Paul uh, in the primary. I don't know how he's going to do in the primary. And well, then... there's lots of primaries. <laughs> right. Uh, you're right about that. I the guess. one that matters is, of course, the New Hampshire primary. Um, and then who's going to get the Republican nomination? Will it be Ron Paul? It it seems unlikely the Republican establishment would want to get somebody in there that would want to cut the size of government. Clearly, what they wanted since from 2000 to 2006, they got everything they wanted, which was bigger government, corruption, and you know, just all kinds of mayhem in Washington D.C. It seems it seems institutional. Once they get in there, they want to retain their positions as, at least long enough that they can get their uh, their pension when they get out. So they start handing out the pork and increasing the size of government. Ron Paul, man, uh, in the primaries. I will probably vote for Ron Paul. Uh, I don't think right now, the way things stand, Ron Paul will get first in the New Hampshire primary. You don't think so? It, I figure if there's any tight. state he's going to get first in, it, it would be, be New Hampshire. Hampshire. I think Mitt Romney's got a pretty powerful machine. I know some of the people who are working for him here, and uh, he's got a lot of money. He's got a lot of connections. I think Mitt Romney's going to take it in New Hampshire. I don't understand how big government politicians from Massachusetts can even play in New Hampshire. Uh, I, mean, I don't understand why they like the Red Sox either, but uh, they do right. seem to like the all things uh, New Boston. England. Boston, yeah. <laughs> but, I would, you know, i got to say, I think of all the people right now who has the greatest potential to sneak up on Mitt Romney and really shake him up come next year, it's Ron Paul. And I'd like to, to, to point out that I'm not voting for Ron Paul because he's a Republican. Uh, I'm voting for Ron Paul because he's the right man for the job. I mean, he's the guy out there advocating pro-liberty positions on almost every single issue. And, I mean, I've never had, there's never been a politician that I could say I agreed with over 90% of the things he said. So that, in, that right there is, is the reason to vote for him. Um, of course, as the primaries roll on and as the season continues and uh, the Libertarian Party throws their hat into the ring, we'll see who they've got on their side. And, I mean, I haven't made up my mind as far as the actual election is concerned. But will I go out in the primary and vote for Ron Paul? Sure. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features for free. We've got the wiki there. Over 1,375 pages created by listeners just like you. You can get in there and edit the wiki to your heart's content. So do it. Wiki.freetalklive.com. It is totally free. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL. That's FTL like Free Talk Live. Code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. Let's go to the phones, to the fun, amplifier line, and Bill in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live, Bill. 
or excuse me, Hi, Pill I in New Hampshire. To... Shame on me. Yes. I want to talk to uh, Gardner about that case that he brought up about the guys who were put in th- prison for 30 years. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Down in Massachusetts. Yeah, I'm going to uh, think I should look up some details on that. We're going to talk about it a little more. You might have some yourself. Well, I'm looking at them right here, and uh, what happened was these guys were framed for a, uh, a mob murder. That's right. Well, the FBI knew they were innocent and intentionally kept quiet about it along with the Boston police. So the million was a settlement. Well, they didn't want to endanger uh, the informants that they had in the mob. Mm, so huh. in, 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 instead of, you know, rolling over on, you know, their little mob buddies, you know, they, they let these guys hang. For and, 30 you know, years, though? I mean, they couldn't have come back a little later after they've uh, taken gotten their... They probably forgot about them. Yeah, that's what, what happened. Oh, man. Well, the thing is, is when you're the government, you can't admit you're wrong. That's true. Yeah, that's right. True. right. Right? I mean, Absolutely. you know, what, what's... Once you've taken that path, I mean, what are you going to do? Come back five years later and say, oh, no, you know, these guys didn't really do it? Mm, that's incredible. Otherwise, you know, you know, know, imagine what people would think about you if, if you intentionally let people go to jail even for a day when you knew they were innocent. Absolutely mm. right. Do you, know, do you know what the total settlement was or whether the total package that they were, they were handed out? I don't know if they got a million that was split three ways or if it was a million each or something like that. But, you know, these, uh, either way, it's chump change. Yeah. Uh, how yeah, do you it's, quantify it's, it's, it? It's, it's not very much at all, especially since two of the guys died in prison and only their, uh, their estate's getting the money. So, hmm. Unbelievable. Uh, but, you know, Talk uh, about found this, money, though. <laughs> the, the only reason it was uncovered was because one of the guy's lawyers just never gave up and finally uncovered some of the documents. Wow, God. that is amazing. In 30 freedom. years later. Through freedom of information, probably. Finally, they got declassified. Possibly something like that, and he further uncovered that uh, some of the guys who uh, were the informants actually went on later because they were free to commit other mob murders. God. Wow. Bill, thanks for clearing that up, man. Any other thoughts? Sure. Uh, That's it. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. And his point's very accurate in that, you know, this government has this veil of legitimacy uh, that it it just can't afford to lose. And so it's willing to sacrifice up lives in order to protect that. That was a uh, great, great call. That deception. You know, I got got a bit of the information here. It says here, uh, here's the story from uh, one website, townonline.com. Malden, a federal court this week has ordered the FBI to pay more than $101 million in damages to four men wrongly wrongly convicted and imprisoned in connection with the 1965 mob hit on a small-time Malden thug in Chelsea. Two of those men died in prison, and their families will now receive the damages Mm. ordered in their name. In a stinging rebuke of the FBI, a federal judge last Thursday ordered the government to pay a record $101.75 million in the case of the four men who spent decades in prison. Uh, What if the IRS will get a chunk of that? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how it works when you get a settlement from the government in some cases, most cases. So, something else important to point out about this $101 million is that none of that $101 million is coming out of the paychecks or out of the pocket or the retirement funds of the responsible bureaucrats for putting these guys in a jail cell. Right. It's coming out of the pockets of the dupes that Incredible. thought that, in fact, um, they, they um, had a judicial system that worked. You mean the taxpayers? Yeah. Right. I mean, I thought that we were putting away murderers, people that killed people, and if we knew that somebody was innocent, we would never do such a thing. The remaining living man, Joe Salvati, uh, says, um, he says... <laughs> he sounds like he did yeah, it. I'm sorry, yeah, partner. I know. I mean, really. Uh, he says, uh, do I want money? Yes. I want my children, my grandchildren to have things I didn't have. 
but nothing can compensate for what they've done. He's 75 no years old. Says here, uh, FBI agents Dennis Condon and H. Paul Rico not only withheld evidence of the lie, but told state prosecutors who were handling the murder investigation that they had checked out the story and that it was true. The story from this particular guy uh, named Barbosa who who pinned the, all these guys. And this will make the government look bad for just the smallest fraction of a moment in yeah, time, right? Yeah. Because only so many people are going to come across this story, only so many people are going to read the story and, you know, really internalize what it what it means. And they're really, most of them are going to chalk up, oh, it's an honest mistake. I'm sure they made, you know, oh, this could, oh, this probably doesn't happen very often. And maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. There's no way for us to know how often this happens. But the fact that it happens really is scary stuff. And well, the reason that it happened is the scariest to me, that these FBI agents and these local police officers were willing to put three innocent men in prison in order to protect their snitches inside the mob. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only do they think that this mob investigation is more important, but they think their jobs, their promotions, the things that they're going to get out of it are more important. Um, you know, three in- innocent men spending 30 years in prison is it's a tragedy. I don't care what they managed to uh, to stop. It's not and, even an unprecedented story because we reported several months ago, maybe over a year at this point, on a story from down south, down by the border. Uh, it's more of a drug war related story, but it's similar concepts here. They had a, a again another scummy informant working on the inside of a drug gang, and the DEA or I think it was the DEA. Maybe they were working with the FBI. But anyway, the feds in the particular case, they knew that this informant was involved in murders, that, that he, was, he was assisting in the killing of you know, drug mules and that sort of thing, people that the drug lords wanted dead. Yeah. This guy was, was involved in doing some of the dirty work. And they sat by and they allowed innocent people to die. At the hands of this informant, just so they could, you know, move him up through the ranks or whatever it was that they were doing with this guy. I don't remember all the details of the story, but it sort of had a similar theme where these callous federal bureaucrats were more than willing to sacrifice the lives of, you know, those Mexicans, right? To sacrifice innocent folks' lives in order to further their political careers. All right. Now, think about this, you guys. Okay, you've got this system. That is going to perpetuate itself. It's going to happen again. You've got the FBI. You've got these these people who do bad things. Thirty years down the line, the, some of these people are made addressable, mm. maybe. Uh, and of course, the money that is paid to these people is coming from taxpayers who have supported the system all along. Right. It, it's not as if the FBI is going to go out of business because of this. Nope. That they're going to lose any sort of face. They're probably going to be given more money next time around. They'll be given more resources to fight whatever you know they have to fight. And whatever agent it was that put those guys in jail back in the day, he's if he's still alive, he's enjoying his retirement fund. Well, it's, it's fascinating. Think about the most recent case of this uh, Chinese uh, paint scare for the kids. And there was a woman who's now going to be suing one. I think it's Mattel or Kenner. I don't know which. Mm-hmm. I think it's Mattel uh, because she says her, her child died because he ingested this paint. Yikes. Now, think about how they've got to turn things around and respond on the private sector versus what these guys do. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. How would private justice be better? It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. 
Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site for free. Get signed up for the updates. We'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first. If you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com, that is updates.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. 800-259-9231. So um, before we went to break there, we were talking about this case involving uh, three or four men in Massachusetts who were jailed for over 30 years, Mm -hmm. and a, a couple of them died while they were in jail. The other two have been released and given a, a portion of an over $100 million settlement from the, I think, the federal government, actually, the, the FBI, which, of course, is your taxpayer dollars. The FBI agents themselves won't have to pay this settlement. Yeah, um, I, think, I think I misspoke there. You're right. There are two guys who survived, the guy, Joe Savati and, and Peter Limoni. But nonetheless, the, you know, these guys are getting out. They've thrown the, the, their 30 years of their lives down the drain because of a, a, an overzealous prosecutor, because they wanted to protect their informants. Uh, at that time, 30 years ago, whatever the reasons were, it was an awful debacle and a travesty of justice. But we sort of started to touch on the point about, well, how nobody in the FBI is going to be held responsible for this. The FBI will be paying out money to these guys, and that's all well and good. It doesn't give them their 30 years back. Uh, one of the men is 75 years old now. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have much life left. The other two are dead. One's 73, one's 75. Uh, and yep. so, okay, great, so they're getting some money. But the people who were responsible for putting those men behind bars are going to be completely untouched. Presuming they're even still alive, they are going to continue to enjoy their retirement. Nobody's going to... Um, right, they're not taking that uh, that money out of their pensions. You know, they're not going to be sent to, the, to a jail cell to live out 30 years in order to make good on screwing the wrong people over. So nothing's going to happen to the bureaucrats who sent these men to prison. And we had sort of touched on the idea, well, what about private justice? How would this be different if the government wasn't handling the courts? And, of course, a lot of people are going to say to themselves, but we need government to handle the courts. This is one of the things that government's good for. But, no, they're not that good at it. Look at the evidence. Look at the hundreds of people that have been released from death row convictions. On you know Later on, they've been exonerated. They've been vindicated by DNA evidence. Look at all those people and then ask yourself, well, how many other people are sitting on death row that haven't, you know, they, the, the evidence haven't, hasn't been uncovered, that they're, they're sitting there rotting and they're completely innocent. What about people with uh, more minor convictions that are spending five, ten years in, in prison for things that they didn't do? And so you, you ask yourself, well, what if private industry arbitrators, private arbitrators were uh, the norm instead of this government court system? And you have to understand that, well, a lot of people are going to be in, immediately concerned. What? You want businesses to be running the courts? What about corruption? 
Well, what about corruption today? What about uh, uh, corrupt prosecutors that just want to pad their conviction records in order to run for mayor or whatever, you know, run for sheriff uh, or whatever reason, political reasoning they want to that are putting your kids in jail for smoking joints, that sort of thing? What about those guys? What about that corruption? What about corrupt judges? I mean, we already have corruption today, and I think the one thing that we're missing – and one of the things that the private industry would bring to the courts is competition. Absolutely. And look at what competition does. Because with, with competition, if you are a, a corrupt court and you're handing down sentences that are just outrageous and nobody agrees with or you're just doing things that people don't like, then people are going to stop giving you business. You're going to go to the competition, you know, Gardner's arbitration service that's been open for 30 years, and uh, people have been satisfied with uh, with your verdicts. They uh, they've been satisfied, which is why they keep coming back to well, continue giving you business. Here's a great example. You look at one of your advertisers, Sakel. You know, those people they work outside the government system, but they have to work with the government. How much more efficient would it be to be able to recover something that was owed to you if you could turn to a company like Sakel and they could work with private industry and these people rather than the courts that take months and months and years and, and years. And these guys are the best at what they do at Sakel. And and you think about like, man, if we only had a, a paradigm under which we didn't have to deal with people who for political reasons were having having things covered up uh, the federal and the state authorities aren't working with each other, which is part of the justification for this. The federal authorities didn't think that they had to share information with the state prosecutors, so they held on to this information. Turned out some of the information they held allowed one of these people, this guy Rico in this Massachusetts case, to stay out of prison. And later in 2003, he was convicted of murder and conspiracy charges in a 1981 killing. Hmm. So yeah. it's really wonderful they protected that's gonna that That's going to really guy. hurt when that's your dad. That yeah, this guy killed. Exactly. And, and the FBI. So not only did these guys go to prison wrongly, under wrongful conditions and wrongful prosecution, the guy that the FBI was protecting and, and allowing this lie to continue so that this man would not be exposed ended up being involved in a murder in 1981. <laughs> Typical. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, and you brought up the speed. That's an important issue. Competition would actually... Yeah. I mean, it says in the Constitution you have a right to a speedy <laughs> trial, and that's nice and everything, but it's clear the government doesn't really care that much about that. Yeah. Uh, and their their definition of speedy is probably different from your definition of speedy. Likely whereas, it is. Whereas the marketplace with competing arbitrators, that would be sort of like car companies competing on the, ba- on the basis of safety. Well, yeah. the arbitrators would be able to compete on the basis of, we'll get you processed through, we'll give you a, a fast trial, we'll give you a fair trial, uh, and uh, and you're going to be satisfied hey, when you're done. That reminds me. Did any of you guys see the uh, film version of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that came out? I did. Uh, I, I did. No, I read the book, but uh, okay. I did enjoy All right. it. And if you've read the book or heard the radio show, you know that there's a very strong sort of libertarian, anti-government theme in there. The Vogons, who are the ones who destroy Earth, where Ar- Arthur Dent lives, they're destroying Earth to make way for a hyperspace bypass, mm-hmm. and they've got all the paperwork on file in a place that he can't go, <laughs> and, and it's, it's hilarious. In the movie, it's even better because they, the Vogons are going to be chasing our main characters who are trying to take off in the Star of Gold. The president of the galaxy has stolen this great spaceship. And he's the president, but he's really sort of a, a, a fixture. He's, okay. he's iconic, but he doesn't mean anything. And so he's like a rock star. You know, It shows the mindlessness behind the whole voting for president mm-hmm. thing. So he's a great guy, really. He's Aphod Beeblebrox. He's stolen this spaceship. The Vogons are all after him to get the spaceship back. And the Vogons represent the bureaucratic 
people who work in British and American and all governments. They're slow. They're they're generally not that bright. Um, and they're mean. They're and, all, yeah, they're mean. Cantankerous. Right. They have, and, and, of course, they have some of the worst poetry in the universe. <laughs> and at one point, they're just about to chase down Zaphod. You know, they're the law enforcement guys. They've got hyperspace uh, capability, all these things. And they're like... The, the, this guy says, okay, we're going to use my ship this time. We're going after these guys. And all of a sudden you hear this whistle. That, and then you go, oh, well, that's lunch then. Right. <laughs> I'll see you all back here in an hour, right? Okay. And they all walk off. That's it's great. great. Oh, uh, it's awesome. Maybe I will have to see that. you got to see it. And the Vogon planet, one more thing. The Vogon planet, they're walking along. And anybody who has an idea as they're walking out on the Vogon planet, these things rise up out of the ground to slap them in the face. No thinking. Yeah, anytime. No independent says, thought. Yeah, they go like, well, Arthur, what do you think? It's like, well, I think, Shwack! oh, what was that? <laughs> and it's really funny. It's great. Good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. So uh, so private courts, private arbitration. Absolutely. Uh, they can compete on the basis of fairness. They yep. can compete on the basis of speed. And who knows what other innovations could come to the justice, uh, the world of justice, if we would just let people compete in this uh, in this realm. And you say to yourself, yeah. well, what about a corrupt court? What happens when uh, you know they do somebody wrong? A private well, court that could be corrupt, you mean? Right. Yeah. What happens when a private court hands down uh, the wrong – they convict the wrong guy, right? Right. Let's let's use the same situation. The wrong, the three guys have been convicted wrongly in a private court. Right. Well, first of all, that information is going to come out, absolutely, and the private court is going to just look awful. Right. It's just like uh, any other private company doing something terrible to one of its customers, they're going to lose business. Uh, the insurance companies that are insuring their business Precisely. are going to pull out. They've got investors, insurers. They've got all these people who are relying on them to do a good job, and right. they're going to start pulling their money away. You can't cook a case. You can't come in there with BS evidence and get somebody convicted because you have to be 100% certain you have the right person. As a prosecutor in a private world, if you're wrong, your career's done for. Money You're can't, done for. The money can't flow freely in the political system, but it can move away from you if you do a bad job in the private right. sector. And that pressure will create a lot more honesty than what we have today. More on the way. You, will it be perfect? Probably not, but it'll be a lot better. More coming up. This is your show. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. Of the airwaves, toll free at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever you want. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away. Uh, so if you like Free Talk Live, you want to help support the show, then we ask that you shop at uh, at uh, excuse me amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase, whether you're buying something brand new or even something from their huge selection of used items. Uh, Free Talk Live uh, ben- benefits from that, and you get the products you need at a great price. In fact, Julia and I went to one of the local big box stores over the weekend to look at some video cameras because she's talking about doing like this cop watch thing here in town, and uh, went and looked at their prices. And there's a sort of entry level DV cam JVC model that was two hundred and ninety nine dollars mm-hmm. at the the big box store we went to. Went back to Amazon. And checked it out. We we looked at the prices on Amazon. It was two hundred and forty one dollars. Wow, cheaper than eBay. Awesome. Which and that was a brand new price as well. So it's just incredible, uh, incredible value. And it was free super saver shipping on that as well, which is just great. So Amazon.freetalklive.com. What's great wrong way with your camera? Well, mine, mine is fine, but it's here in the studio most of the time, and uh, she wants to have her own so she can sort of carry it with her. You know, when we're out and about doing things, that way if if a camera is necessary, we will have one. 
uh, on on hand. Okay. So and they're so cheap these days. I mean, less than two fifty for a for a DV cam. I mean, that's just it's ama- that's amazing. That's amazing. That's a throwaway price almost. Well, that's pretty much how electronics are these days. Yeah. Anyway, Amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter through that link. Free Talk Live benefits. You get the stuff you need. It's easy. All right. Let's continue with the phone calls. Talk to Fred in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Fred. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, hey, sir. What's on your yeah, mind? Your grandiose idea about having private courts sounds really good, but how are you going to pay for it? Well, you'd pay for it um, by your – well, for instance, your insurance companies uh, might be able to cover the cost, depending on what sort of insurance you had, uh, or or you yourself, as uh, either the plaintiff or defendant, would have to pay based on who who wins or loses. You'd have – it'd be more of a loser-pays system, I think. That would probably be how sure. it would organize itself, unlike today, where uh, you, know, you go in there and uh, there's a conviction – you may not necessarily have to pay the costs of the other of the other party, whereas in a, a loser pays. Well, we system, could change the laws and make it that way, though. You yeah, could sure. change. Yeah. You, you could change the government system to loser pays, and that would be a great advance for the government system. Right, no and, but you know, you know as well as I do, changing the laws are very difficult. And I'm I don't know what I think about uh, Ian's private court uh, ideas, but I do see arbitration. Uh, working and I see it working really well. I've exactly. um, I've been in arbitration before. Cost me a thousand dollars. Go to court for a thousand dollars. I dare you to try. <laughs> and was that because you lost? What's that? Did, did you have to pay because you lost a thousand bucks? No, um, I entered into with the party, uh, you know, willingly. One one side paid five hundred, the other side paid five hundred. I see. And uh, you know, it, no one was going to win or lose this one. Believe me. I got you. And and you know, under the private paradigm, if you have uh, you have to have pretty pretty fluidly working interplay between private societies for those private societies to be able to function and prosper and do very well. So spontaneously, they start to work out their own arrangements for, say, for example, the interplay between their justice systems. If one person is in one territory and that is associated with another private territory, strangely enough, the people who want to interplay with each other and exchange with each other in private means and visit each other, they tend to work out the means that is the least, with the least friction. So you get right. these private systems that, that rise hey, let up. Let me say something. You guys can talk all day long. Yes, we will. Number one, whenever you take money out of your pocket and pay it to something else, you're forming a government. No, you're not. No, you're, not. you're absolutely wrong. Hello, you are incorrect. Hello. Okay, I, I just wanted to take to my turn. I wanted to take my turn, and now I'm going to tell you that is false and patently false, and I'd love for you to try to explain to me how you're forming a government per se when you were voluntarily giving up your money. Law, What's that? Sorry, you have to government. repeat. You have to repeat that. Whenever you take money out of your wallet to pay for a law, the guy broke the law. All right, you broke the law. That means you are forming a government. All right, you let's know, look at it this way. Like let's let's look at it this way. Let's look at it this way. You and I are we're going to go into a transaction, right? Mm-hmm. And we have Ian. Ian has a lot of weapons. And we say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Ian is our police force, and we're going to both pay Ian. He lives right down the street, and we're going to work with each other. And we are going to agree that if we don't come on either side of the bargain, I'm going to mow your lawn, you're going to pay me $100 a month or something like that, Ian can use his force to extract that. Are we creating a government, or are we making a transaction with Ian and you're ourselves? making a transaction, but you're still, you know... Whenever so you take so you're incorrect. Your wallet for for funding stuff, you know, especially when it comes to funding laws, 
you are creating a government. No, you you're no, wrong. Sorry, sorry, Fred. Uh, you, a government only is created when there's a or, uh, there's an agency with a, a monopoly on force that exists in a, in a geographical area. Well, Fred, what maybe 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 I, people do when they when they all band together. The well, first Fred, thing they do is form a government. I don't necessarily think that's civilized, sir. Well, I'm just saying that's the first thing they do. I'm not saying they're civilized, not. Well, the it is the practice. Somebody's got to be. They got to put somebody in charge. Fred, right? your your statement is not universal. For example, the first thing the Vikings did when they landed on Viking Age Iceland was not form a government. Who was in charge? They had no one was in charge. They, they had, had chaos. the people who were in charge. The people who were in charge were the people who built the temples, and then those people who wanted to well, go to the temples. The no, they did not because it was completely <laughs> voluntary. The the people right. who went to the to the temples to work with these guys, they swore an allegiance to those to those temples and they were able to get certain types of protection and services through their justice systems. They had many different kinds and the guys who got these uh, these ties were called Goddards. For example, there's a guy here named Dennis Goddard, mm-hmm. and, and maybe he's related to them. But the, I, I'd like to ask you your question, Fred. When you're talking about paying for laws, maybe I'm incorrect, because maybe by saying that I'm paying for Ian to, to be the security force for our private institution, you might look at it as I'm not paying for a law. So well, I don't the want to speak too broadly. Law. So you violated that law, so now you have to go through a private court, and that private court still becomes government. Now, one more point on that. No, 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 no. I didn't violate a law. I violated an, an agreement. agreement. Where well, you enter whatever. into a contract No, it's not with whatever, Fred. There's <laughs> See, a for... difference between statute and agreement. There's a difference between right. common law and statute, and there's a difference between common law and Agreement. Statute is a, sort of this top-down edict or diktat that's brought in from some group of men and women sitting in a room somewhere calling themselves the government. They write a, some, they write a law on a piece of paper, and then they say, you all must obey. Well, I didn't agree to that law. Whereas with a, an agreement, you've got a contract between two or more individuals that you've all signed that says Gardner agrees to do so-and-so, Fred agrees to do so-and-so, Ian agrees to do so-and-so. When one person violates that contract, he may be violating private law, but he's not violating statute law. He's not violating governmental law, and there is no government involved. I, I, are you confused on this, Fred? If government no, is a confused. monopoly on coercive force, and if there's no Change monopoly the on coercive force, you don't have Change. a government. Change the subject. Go, go back to the uh, go fine. back to the hundred million dollars the government was forced to pay. There's people. There's two men that spend you know, all their lives in jail. Yeah. yeah. Now is the government paying that hundred million dollars, or is the private sector paying it? Taxpayers are paying sector, it, sir. The private since, sector. Since, is. The go- since the government sector pays no taxes whatsoever, right. they steal from the private sector, and the private sector is smaller than the smaller than the government sector, and the private sector is paying that hundred million dollars, and we're getting and our taxes are going to go up because because of that hundred million dollars. You got it. No, I'm sorry. It's a, it's all a bunch of bull. Well, hey, Fred. Well, that know, is bull. You're we, right we about that part, Fred. Absolutely. We definitely agree on that, Fred. And, and I'm sorry, you know, I jumped in on you earlier after Mark was speaking. I just wanted to get my two cents worth in, but I wanted to allow you. No, you guys I, can talk all you want. Well, you know, because you're the caller. <laughs> I'm limited to what I can uh, say. Yeah, exactly. You get, you get an opportunity to call in. and, and uh, But I wanted to give you an opportunity. It, it, let me pose this question to you, okay? Um, if you – do you believe that – it is a function of human psychology that human beings will turn to the abstract entity called government when they come into contact with each other, or do you think that it is... I think is... they'll always form a government. I think okay. they'll always form... You've got to put somebody in charge. You know, have you ever seen the, you know, the you know, horse show, uh, Antarctica, or, you know, um, oh, I forget how you say it now, but anyway... 
But you always form a government. That's the first thing people do. They'll put somebody in charge. I don't think that you've got your wording quite right. You're close, though, Fred, and thank you for the call. I don't think it's that you're putting people in charge. I think it's that people in search of power are taking charge over others, usually without all those people's consent. And i got to say, I think there is certainly a human uh, tendency among people. People seem to have a bipolar nature. One, they don't like to be told what to do, but by by the same nature, people tend to find the laziest, easiest way out sometimes. Well, they want to have many people want a leader and that's yeah, fine. exactly absolutely exactly. um when, when people embark on you know any kind of new enterprise yeah, they generally i would agree with fred i'm not saying that this is human nature i don't know whether it's sociological or um you know uh, you know born into people but they do want to have a leader at the very least they want to have somebody to blame when things fail um so you know, right take if you want somebody else to take responsibility for your life and your actions then you should be able to voluntarily choose that person if you want somebody to tell you how to live your life you should be able to voluntarily pick that person I have no problem with I that. I think on a big project, you need it. But don't take your choice of leader and force it on me. Thanks, but no thanks. Hour three's coming up. Three Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, which is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our website totally free, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. Let's roll right into the phone calls. Talk to Todd in Michigan. Todd, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys, how's it going? Great. What's on your mind? Um, I just wanted to call you guys know about one particular issue. It's an issue on regulation here in my county. Reservations? And regulation. Regulation, Regu- yes. Okay. Uh, regulation of tattoo parlors now. Mm. Ah. Now, here's the interesting thing. This came out in the Macomb Daily Sunday paper yesterday. It was a big headline saying, risky business. Well, now because... <laughs> Of, of one customer who was at this tattoo parlor who supposedly contracted hepatitis C. It's always the hep uh, cases, yep. Yeah, she's now uh, taking um, one of the tattoo parlors to court. And As she County, should. Yeah, she should. Um, but the thing is, is that the Macomb County uh, is now claiming that uh, they're going to be issuing a regulation regulating um, tattoo parlors because of this alleged outbreak that's going on. Yeah. They're trying now, to make it sound like... Aren't the politicians actually saying that, hey, our judicial system isn't good enough? Isn't that what they're saying? Look, so for our, our judges, our uh, courts, they can't handle this hepatitis C issue, so we have to pass regulations. Because it seems to me that um, if, if, in fact, she did get hepatitis C from the... Uh, the tattoo parlor, and she can prove it, and likely I, she she feels she can. Well, um, it, then there, you know she'll have a case, and and she'll get you know made whole in whatever manner uh, they'll attempt to. Right. Well, here's the thing. I, I it, 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 she may have contracted there, but um, I, I I really find it interesting that they're trying to make it sound like well we have to regulate all these tattoo parlors because we're afraid that all of the Instruments they're using are not sterile. You mm-hmm. know, they're they're all dirty. Which is um, which would I be crappy for of, business as um, if you were a tattoo parlor. That'd be a stupid thing to do is not sterilize your needles. Right. And one of the things I notice here is they're trying to make it out to be more than what it actually is. 
there was a statistic they used in the article, which from the CDC, um, they were saying that, you know, um, so even though some studies have found an association between tattooing and hepatitis C infect, uh, infection in very selected populations, it is not known if these results can be generalized to the whole population. So when they're, uh, when they're announcing some statistics, they're sort of undermining this whole uh, hysteria over, oh, well, now these tattoo tar parlors are, you know, trying to spread disease and whatnot. It's just completely idiotic. I, I just don't see, um, I mean, this is the whole media. I, I think you can understand this too, Gardner, yeah. um, how they're, you know, they're, they're trying to put the, the whole um, spin on this whole thing. Well, it's again. sensational. It's a sensational yeah. story, and it is a news, you know, it's certainly a news, uh, newsworthy story, and of course the politicians will feed off of it. Uh, I don't know if it's, I mean, Mark, your viewpoint is correct, and that's sort of they're underhandedly saying our court systems suck, and, you know, but that's not, of course, what they're actually saying, and no I one's going to interpret that I think our court systems are probably the best place for this to be, um, you know, not the best place, the best place that we currently have that this woman can take um, these, uh, the, this tattoo parlor that right, likely that doesn't increase the size of bureaucracy, and it doesn't increase the power of bureaucrats. Right. So, um, you know, that's what they're doing is they're, they they want a new bureaucracy to be formed or a new wing of the health department to uh, be created so they can hire some more bureaucrats and put uh, some more people in charge of other bureaucrats and, you know, take more taxpayer dollars and make it sound like they're doing something that's worthwhile when tattoo parlors have already been competing on a basis of cleanliness. And sure they have. You well, know, of course, it's ludicrous to think for a second that tattoo parlors would want to give hepatitis C to their patrons. <laughs> I mean, well, who's going to get a tattoo then? Well, here's the thing. Uh, there's an owner of a tattoo parlor shop, which is actually down several pounds away from me, and she's actually in favor of this uh, of, of this ordinance. Oh, lots uh, of owners are going to be in favor of of the ordinance. Sure, they want yeah. they want to regulate the um, their business to keep out new people because right, you're going to exactly. have to pay for um, licenses and that kind of thing. She knows she can pay. She's in business. But some guy gets out of prison and says, "Hmm, the only trade I learned in there was how to tattoo. I think I'm going to go straight and open me a tattoo parlor." with the money I made from selling black market marijuana in prison. Right. Well, he's not going to have enough money to pay off all the uh, regulations yeah. and licensure, mm -hmm. so what's he going to do? Well, the only other thing he knows how to do from prison is how to commit crime. So he's going to go out and shoot somebody. You know, Mark, the curve is so much steeper for people who are down at the bottom trying to start up a business mm -hmm. versus the people who are in the established business. And if they have to yep. expend a little bit more, they'll still make it uh, make it a lot more easy for themselves to stop competition. And, uh, you know, it's funny. When you bring that up about, about the tattoo parlors in your state, I was thinking about, uh, you know, you talked about the media, and I was thinking about how Frederick Bastier used to write about what's seen and what's not seen regarding government, right. and when government does certain projects, you can see the results of it, but you don't see the multitudinous dollars or, or francs, in his case, that are taken out of people's pop pockets and what could have been made. And there's a sort of a reciprocal to that, which is what is seen and what is not seen for reporting on tricky businesses or bad things that happen in in the capitalist system where something like this this you know one or two instances that are exceptional instances that happen very rarely where somebody will contract something from hep you know hepatitis from a from a, a tattoo parlor or uh bad food or something like that 
uh, we'll get a lot of media coverage on that specifically, but you won't see the multitudinous things that are happening out there that happen with no problems and the businesses are right. fine. Right. Well, the tattoo parlors that are on the edge and that are pushed out of business by these uh, you know, new regulations or whatever business you're looking at what, that the government is looking to regulate further or begin regulation of, you won't ever see the news stories about, you know, the White Tiger Tattoo Shop has gone out of business because of government regulation. Right. Well, you don't right. see those stories. And, and here's the thing they don't even talk about is the fact that once they put these regulations in effect, that's going to drive the price of the tattoos and the body piercings up. It is. Uh, across the board. I mean, sure we're, and, and it's, going to, it's really going to hurt not just, you know, uh, the customers, but it's also going to make it, you know, unaffordable for, say, a new tattoo parlor shop, a startup company that wants to compete with, say, the long-established ones. And they're going to say, well, it's just really not worth it. It's just really not worth right. the time and the effort to do it. You also might find a uh, another side effect. Um, and thank you for the call, Todd. Really appreciate it. You might find another side effect in that the person who's looking to purchase a tattoo, maybe a younger person who might not know as much about tattoos and the sanitary processes and all that, they might look at the price tag, which has gone up as a result of the regulations, and they might say to themselves, it might have just crossed that line. It might just be a few dollars, but it might be enough to cross the line in their mind to say, you know what, I just can't justify that. My buddy told me that he'd give me a tattoo in his back room yeah. for mm-hmm. 60 bucks instead of 50 you know, uh, $250. I don't know what the prices sure. are for tattoos. I know they're pretty pricey. But let's just say that, you know, the person was considering going to a legitimate business and uh, entity and getting his tattoo there, but the prices are too expensive, which they'd be less if it weren't for the regulation. And as a result, the, the person looking for the tattoo decides to go with his buddy or the friend of his buddy who's doing it out of uh, his back office or, right. you know, his back shed. Then he doesn't get the instruction on how to properly care for the um, tattoo. And he's probably he gets not getting infected sanitary. And his whole arm arm rots off, you know? I mean, these are the kind of things that absolutely can happen right. from government regulation. Yeah. So, uh, there's Great all call. all kinds Great of call. unintended consequences that these government bureaucrats, I mean... They don't know and don't care. It doesn't, right. it doesn't matter to them at all, public safety. What matters to them is employing more bureaucrats. Well, you know, we were talking about this off the air. A lot of these people uh, who are, say, the law enforcement people or the regulatory enforcers or the so-called protectors of us... Uh, first of all, on, they don't understand our entire rationale of we don't need those things. We can protect ourselves. And sure. if someone thinks that I should be protecting my neighbor uh, w- you know, by forcibly taking my money and establishing some protection force like the DEA or whatever it might be or, or a, a restaurant thing or where they're inspecting restaurants or elevator inspectors or anything like that, um, then uh, how can they think that they're going to run their lives without having their money taken and used in some way that they don't like? And I don't think that you can say, well, we all have to accept that. No, we don't all have to accept that because if we all accept that, then you can take it in the into the extreme when everybody can see how bad it is. Well, and that's you know? what they're doing. They are slowly, bit by bit, Absolutely. taking it into the extreme. And if I were going to be considering getting a tattoo... Um, I would want to check the uh, reputation of the store. I would want to ask them what their sanitary practices are like. Are they certified by anybody? Not the health department. I don't trust them. Even if these regulations do actually happen, uh, look at food regulation. Look at uh, health inspections of restaurants. They happen once a year, once every, you know. It's not like nobody gets food poisoning anymore. Right. More on the way, you can take control. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. Live streams there. Broadband version of the show and a dial-up version as well. Both for free at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org as we go to the phones and to the fun. Justin in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Justin. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind? Yeah, I'm going to talk about the segregation of rich and poor, which people don't talk about much. Sure. You know, you know, when segregation was going on, they had, wa- they had different water fountains and signs, but it's more subtle with the segregation of rich and poor. But you can, do, you can pick up on it if you can see the right signs around you. It's segregation, and the poor and the rich are being segregated. Now, before you go on, I want to I want to give you a chance to go on, but I don't know. I'm if a little you're skeptical. Using the right, <laughs> I don't know right off the bat if you're using the right term. Um, there may be a natural sort of separation between rich and poor, as far as you know, rich people live in their uh, gated neighborhoods, that sort of thing. They but, run away from the poor. But the term segregation sort of implies uh, government mandates. It sort it implies that there's some law uh, or governmental force that is involved. I don't know. Do you think you're using the right term? there maybe i'm not okay but the point i'm trying to make is that there is a separation between the rich and the poor Mm -hmm. and i think it's intentional with the nafta deals that were in during the 90s how does nafta have anything to do with the fact that rich people want to live in their nice uh, plush little gated neighborhoods of course i don't i don't deny that but the point i'm trying to make is that the opportunities have been cut off for a lot of people in this country. Wait a minute. Uh, NAFTA was a net gain for the United States economically. There's not much gains for that. I don't no, think no, so no, because no. a lot it's, of people lost their jobs. It's, it's, a, it's a solid fact that the United States economy grew because of NAFTA. Now, you can say in certain sectors that certain people who could not compete against lower-wage labor in Mexico and that labor no longer had tariffs put on it, had a tr- had trouble working in those industries anymore. And they selectively in their industries might have lost their positions. But as a net, uh, in the aggregate, it was a net increase for the, for America. Well, while that may be true, Gardner, I'm certainly against NAFTA or any other government for various trade agreements reasons I am because too. they're uh, they're they're just restricting free trade. What we need to have is real free trade, which means right. the absence of government regulation. You don't need regulation. to have a thousand page I document. Agree. Exactly. Right. But go on away from the NAFTA thing. What about this rich and poor separation? What else did you have to say? What I, well, the point I'm trying to make is that there has been uh, a deliberate effort to basically buy off the government by the rich, by the super-rich of this country. They've been buying off the government with their lobbyists and everything like that. They've, and again, the government's been selling the country to the highest bidder. Agreed. Fair enough. Um, right. You know, we were just talking about in the break how uh, politicians have to play this sort of uh, juggling game. On one side, they have to get themselves reelected, so they have to uh, put a good front on for the voter. And on the other side, they have to steal all they can from the inside of the system. Um, you know, so that they uh, live comfortable, posh lives at the end of it. That's, right, what, the, that's the, what they're incentivized the to do. The laws have to benefit their friends, their rich, wealthy friends, that the cost right. of the little guy... Poor people aren't paying while, off politicians. ...while yeah. at the same time making the little guy think they're somehow benefiting as well. It's it's quite a tricky game. And you know what? You're on to something, I think, in that what the government does with its wealth redistribution programs and all of its mandates and regulations, as we were talking about earlier, is the government 
propagates this sort of separation that you're talking about. The government and all of its rules and regs widens the gap between rich and poor. As we were talking about the regulations earlier with uh, the tattoo parlors, for instance, uh, this mm-hmm. one local government wants to really crack down on tattoo parlors, which is going to make it harder for new people to get into that business. You can take that concept and move it out to all businesses that government regulates. It makes it more difficult for, for poor startup people, you know, people that don't have a lot of money to uh, buy all these regulated equipment that they might have to buy by government fiat and all these government mandates that they have to jump these hoops that they have to jump through to right. get into business that protects those existing rich business people from competition from poorer newer startup businesses and that's one of the ways one of the myriad of ways that government increases that gap between the rich and the poor if it weren't for government regulation you'd see that gap going going away and amazingly when you bring up bring bring back up the nafta thing those well, are the ones who are hurt because of those regulations, you know, the, those low-wage guys who could work for very low wages because of the regulations that are on them, they can't do those jobs, and hence they'll move to other countries where they don't have the regulations. Right. Government cannot help the poor. It cannot close that gap. It can only widen it, and it's truly tragic that more people don't understand that. Justin, thank you for the call. We yeah. appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Because government bureaucrats, and especially the politicians, they work for those they work for their friends, you know. They work to they pass laws that benefit them and their con- what their politically connected friends. And their politically connected friends aren't the you know the little black girl down the street who's braiding uh, in you know downtown that's braiding uh, doing African hair braids in her mom's uh, back porch for five bucks a pop. Right. She isn't playing on the golf course and making million dollar deals out there on the eighth hole. Right. Which is why the bureaucrats show up to shut her business down, tell her she needs to have license, uh, she needs to have a license to braid hair, she needs to go to thousands of our, you know, a thousand hours of educating before she can go in some hair braiding or some uh, cosmetic school before she can go into African hair braiding. Then she finds out that the thousand hours that she's supposed to spend learning she's going to learn about. African hair braiding. Right, she's going to learn about nails, and she's going to learn about uh, other cutting hair styles. Cutting and, white people's hair. Right, and not a damn thing about what it is that she's actually already been doing. That's just one real-life example of how government regulation strangles the poor, how it keeps the poor out of the marketplace, it keeps the poor from competing. In fact, not only does it keep them from competing, but it keeps them down mentally. It, it breaks them their mental processes down, because as somebody who, um, who doesn't have a lot of money personally, necessarily, years ago I was looking at, you know, what's it take? What's it? Because st- I love radio. I still do. What's it take to start a radio station? I almost wanted to shoot myself when I started actually be just even beginning to learn what some of the requirements were. Right. Basically, you you need to start off with a million dollars in the bank and then hire an FCC lawyer. Yeah. No. That's what you need to do, because all the just the incredible amount of paperwork and uh, you know. Uh, legalese jargon that you have to do just to put in an application. You have to go right. through it you get and to get an engineering study and all kinds of for the amount crap for the amount to, of, to apply so that right. they can take your seventy five thousand dollars for your application. For the amount of money that you'd pay the FCC in application fees, you could put you up, put up your own radio station. Uh, easily. You can you can um, you know, we we've seen on the internet that uh, you can put up your own radio station, put up a little tower for ten grand. Just as an anecdote, guys, uh, I was talking with my friend Naz from uh, London on uh, Sunday, mm-hmm. and uh, I was chatting with him about how I was over in Bristol and this uh, fascinating, fun experience I had with a, a woman dancing on this dance floor in Bristol in a bar, which was on a boat, and the boat used to be a pirate radio station. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah I've heard about this. We we actually yeah. knew a guy that uh, he worked on it. Off one of those. Yeah, it, yeah. It's not the same one. And this guy Naz says, "Oh yeah, man, I know that boat." He goes, "Yeah, it was off the coast." And I was like, "Yeah, exactly." He goes, "Yeah, I know the name of it." And I looked up the, and looked up the poster that I had from the from the show. And right. He goes, yeah, exactly, man. He goes, "Yeah, all the all the great DJs that are around today, man, they used to work on that." Yep. I'm like that is so cool. So you know exactly what it looked like. He knew exactly where, where it had, you know, pulled out of the harbor, and they would do all their things. And he goes, oh, they had great music. I'm like, of course. Absolutely. They that can't music. be a, a cheap to run a boat just to put a, uh, I don't know how big, 100,000 watt, 200,000 watt FM transmitter. Couldn't be cheap. No, it couldn't be cheap at all. Uh, so more on the way here, and you have to shuttle the guys back and forth. You know, they can't stay out there forever. they got to go back to the mainland. It's just a they don't nightmare. Uh, 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. While a lot of rich people think that the government is actually benefiting them by protecting them from competition, what they don't understand is they're getting hurt, too. More coming up. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the website we give away, and those features include the bulletin board system. Over 250,000 posts. That's a lot. That's uh, over a quarter million posts for you to surf around through. Serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all. In fact, Gardner, you were telling me before the show, you were talking about opening up a BBS account pretty soon. So. Yeah, I think it p- could be pretty darn fun. There's a lot of good stuff on there and a lot of you know, crazy posts. I mean, there's everything. There's uh, <laughs> 1,600 people interacting. I so get on in there. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com. It's totally free. Uh, so that's bbs.freetalklive.com. And did you know that nine out of ten lawsuits in the world are filed right here in the United States this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. One of the reasons why that happens is because we don't have a loser pay system. So here in the United States, you can just file any old lawsuit you want to any old time, and mm-hmm. it doesn't really cost you anything if you lose. Anyway, any number of lawsuits, court orders, or greedy bureaucrats could leave you and your family penniless. At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. You'll see that KeepYourAssets.net can help you be protected against those that wish to take your assets. That's KeepYourAssets.net. So, uh, just a few moments ago, we were talking about this gap. We had a caller call in to talk about this gap between the rich and the poor, right? Uh, and a lot of people in politics like to make uh, a lot of political hay out of exploiting this, this, this perceived gap. Yeah. And there is definitely a gap. And I think if you look at it, st- you, know, you will very clearly be able to see that the gap has widened over time. And it's because of the government that that gap has widened. Uh, not, not you know, the government hasn't done anything to close the gap as much as some people would like to believe that it can or should or would. Um, it it just doesn't um, because of the interests of government. The interests are to make government bigger at the cost of everybody. Of course, uh, they tend to benefit the rich, politically connected sort of group of people in this country above anybody else and those rich people they like that you know they like right. the fact that the they're being protected from competition by the government that the government is keeping those poor people down that the government is educating 
people in America to be sort of poor and stupid. Um, that's sort of what the government education system is all about. Yeah, they'll teach you how to add 2 plus 2, uh, but they certainly won't teach you what the government's true nature is. Uh, they they want to keep you ignorant. They want you to be functional uh, in that you could go and hold down a job, but they don't want you to ever start thinking for yourself, to start thinking outside of the box about maybe starting your own business, uh, to get out of the job trap or the rat race, as some people will call it. Um, so the system's designed to create a class system. The system is designed to where if your kids are going to government school, odds are good they're going to turn out as one of these sort of government-created uh, peons. And if they go to the private school system, as many government t- school teachers send their kids to the private schools, then they'll be educated more uh, of the elite class and the elite status, and they'll be they'll just get a better education, which of course means that they'll be more likely to think for themselves and think outside of the box. And Anyway, the whole system is set up to have this rich and poor gap. And it's sad because so many rich people think it's a good thing. They think they're being protected and they're benefiting from this when in fact their wealth is suffering too. And many yes. rich, and I'm not, I don't want to label all rich people the same way. A lot of rich people, they understand liberty, they've uh, amassed a large amount of wealth, and they understand that in the absence of government rules and regulation that they would have an even larger pool of wealth that they could possibly tap because everybody's wealth will increase. Because you've got this government parasite out there. And that's what the government is. They don't create products and services on a voluntary basis and offer them to you whether you, you know, when it's your choice to take them. The government takes your money by force, whether you like it or not, and then they do whatever they want with it. They are essentially a parasite on the economy. And of course, who gets sucked off the most? Well, rich people get, you know, they pay the bulk of the taxes. They're paying, what is it, 96% or something like that of the the taxes? It depends on what you consider rich, but yeah, basically. Right. And so there's plenty of rich people out there that understand that in the absence of government, yes, they would have more competition, probably in their chosen industries, uh, but they also understand that competition's good. That competition raises the bar for everybody. That competition raises all of the competitors up. The, at least the ones that stay in business. Yeah, and, the ones that manage to make it. And if but you go out of business, the ones that don't make it, it's not like that. they die. They go on and do something else. Right. If you can't make it in one particular field, then that means that you weren't really supposed to. You you know you weren't able to innovate fast enough. You weren't able to compete well enough. And those other competitors that beat you, well, they won because the consumers went to them on a voluntary basis. They weren't protected by the government. And the, and we don't need the government to protect uh, certain businesses. We don't need the government around to create rules and regulations. If you want to make sure that you're buying safe products, then ensure that they're certified by third-party certifiers like Underwriters Laboratories. And Absolutely, and I'm glad you brought up that point that uh, if certain segments of the population weren't like Ted Kennedy and they would recognize that they, if they lifted these burdens off of people and allowed people to get educated through private means where they weren't always being coddled and, and supported by government and, and inefficient government at that, uh, you would have a more prosperous society. You look at those people who are trying to exclude competition. The ones who are really, really good and really, really competitive – are the ones who would do best in a system that allowed for free competition because then everybody would have more money, we'd have a more productive society, they could actually make more. It's the ones who are crappy at what they do who want to exclude competition. Mm-hmm. And the other ones, they may not even recognize the reality that if they could only allow people to compete, 
that they would do better as well. Of course, it's almost like the prisoner's dilemma. You know, even if they recognize it, would they be willing to do it because they'd be afraid if I let down my guard, would everybody else let down their guard and all the other types of industries? Well, and, you know, it's not even necessarily an issue that affects uh, just their industry. For instance, if you're looking at the restaurant industry with all the the restaurant regulations that they create where you have to have this professional stove and you can't do it out of your house and you can't, you know, fire hood that can move 200,000 gallons of air inside of one and a half minutes. Some of them are insane, the amount of regulations you have to jump through. And so they tell themselves, these established business people, they rationalize these new regulations that they're proposing because it's usually the established business people that propose the new regulations. They're on the boards that advise government that say, you know, you should add this and add this and this control and this regulation because they tell themselves that it's good for me to prevent competition. Right. They don't want to have to do that work. They don't want to have to uh, be as on their toes as they would be in a truly uh, free marketplace. And so that's what they tell themselves, and they, they rationalize it based on that. And you know what? It may be true. You know, it's certainly true that if they can successfully regulate competition, they'll still do a good enough job to keep their customers around. They'll be able to you know, make a good life for themselves and be comfortable. But they don't understand that the other side of that coin is that every other industry has people thinking the exact exactly. same way. The exactly. construction business, the old construction businessmen are saying, yeah, keep these new guys out, which means that when the restaurateur wants to go and build a new restaurant, he's paying far more than he would have to pay in an unreg- you know, in a, uh, in a free marketplace because every other business person who's in business wants to res- restrict competition from their particular field, but they, they want competition in every other field. Yeah, sure. The restaurateur, systematically. Exactly. Right, he, the restaurateur wants competition it's, in construction. He wants competition in food service um, you know, selections that he can purchase his uh, wholesale foods from, but no, competition in his industry should be shut out. Absolutely. It's like the hypocrites that uh, shop at Walmart, but then say, we should keep the immigrants out. You know, they, they want <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's amazing to me. You know, they, they want to have competition and low prices, right. uh, you know, inside the department store area. But God knows we don't want to have low prices and competition inside the labor area. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, by the way, just as a, an anecdote, another little statistic here. I went to the National Taxpayers Union website, uh, ntu.org and looked up uh, who pays the income tax chart. You can just go there if you Google it. And uh, they have the top 25% of earners pay 84.86% of federal personal income tax. Now, what can constitute somebody being a top 25%? How much do uh, I how much you do, have Now, is it earn, me or my family? Uh, this is, let me see. Because my this wife, is, she's raking in the dough, let me tell you. Uh, let me see. <laughs> uh, this. Let me see. It, it doesn't say... Uh, it doesn't say whether it's individual. I assume it's or individual. Uh, I don't taxpayers, know I don't know. If you file together, then I guess you'd be considered a taxpayer. It says, yeah, percent, percentiles ranked by uh, adjusted gross income. Uh, if you're in the top 25, you are $60,000 or above. Oh, wow, that's scraping by. What are you talking about? Yep, and uh, let's see. It's 84.86. Hmm. If you're in the top 50%, you're uh, $30,000 or above, you pay 96.7. But uh, in the top 1%, uh, 328000 or above, 36.89% of the taxes. In the top 5%, pay 57.13% as of 2000. Okay, so the top 5, 5% pay um, the Over 50, half. 50%. Yeah. yeah. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now. 
800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231, inviting you to our website, freetalklive.com, the place to go, the features for free. Though, if you like the show and you want to help support us, then we've got a voluntary option for you. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com and join the hundreds of listeners that have become Free Talk Live amplifiers. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. It's a simple concept. The idea is you send in three bucks a month to the show. We take that in and turn it around into marketing Free Talk Live to more radio stations to get the show out there so more people can hear the message of freedom and liberty. So if that's valuable to you and you want to get some perks too, go to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more. That's amp.freetalklive.com. We're talking about uh, government regulation and how it makes everybody poorer. Even the people that are the rich, that they perceive that they benefit from, and they do, they do benefit from the government regulation that, that keeps poor people from competing in, in any given industry. Even they, you know, that perceive that they're benefiting, well, they don't see the big picture. They don't see the big picture, and that is that without all this government regulation, if we actually had a truly free market, the costs of all of the products and services out there would would go down. That uh, competition would bring us Im- improvements, like especially in healthcare, which is totally uh, regulated by the government, where you see costs going up over time. You compare that to the computer industry, where costs are constantly going down and things are getting better. That's the way that every industry should be, and the more government regulation there is, the less likely that is to happen. So well, they if, don't see the big picture. If you look at um, if you look at the insurance industry, they will tell you that people are far more concerned about loss than they are about gain, and mm. that's what's motivating it. Look, as a business person, um, I'm willing to vote for a selfish interest, and that selfish interest is my business. I don't care what I could gain on the other side if um, you know we deregulated the rest of the business. This would be great and everything if competition could regulate them. What I care about is the next guy coming in and competing with me, driving down my yeah. prices, making my job, in my mind, more difficult because I've become cynical and I don't care about providing better service for my clients anymore. Right, and of course... The thought process extends to, well, if those other businesses upon which I rely are not going to be opening themselves up to competition, then I can't open myself up to competition because if they were to do it, yeah, I'd be able to get my products for less, but they're not going to do it because they want to make mm. sure, and it becomes this a self-defeating mindset. It's it's very frustrating because if they would open up and they would recognize what you're saying, not only could they get their materials more cheaply, but it would free up more money to be in the economy to allow for more people to buy those products. Everybody benefits right. with cheaper products and more business coming out. You're right. Not only is it cheaper products, I'm glad you touched on that because it's a really critical point. Not only would it be that every product and service would probably cost less, it would also be that you'd have more money in addition to that. Uh, Mary Ruart, Dr. Mary Ruart, in her book, excellent book, Healing Our World, she estimates that the amount of wealth that we would be able to, that we would have at our disposal could increase. Eight to twenty times what it currently is today. If the government would just get off of our backs and stop sucking off of our uh, our wealth like this big parasite that it is, because you can spend your money better than any government bureaucrat ever could. So even though there's it would be the same amount of money that would be available as far as you know the government's taking X right now, you'd have X back. Even though it'd be that same amount, it would be spent far more wisely and therefore increase the the size of the wealth pie. The total wealth pool. By yeah, an incredible right. amount. I, you know, I actually do believe it, and it, it's a hell of a claim to say that 8 to 20 times um, the amount of wealth would be available if we just got government regulation out. But I, I really do believe it. Um, but at the same time, um, 
Shoot, I just forgot my train I don't know. Let's I go some... to the phones and talk to uh, Scott in California, listening on KSCO. Hello, Scott. You're on Free Talk Live. It's so true. You know, Hong Kong historically had a, a 10% income tax, and um, it, it had a unique smell. People, You could literally smell the money when you get off the airplane. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's... Um, you know, our government has kind of a Midas touch, but in reverse. Right, exactly. it turns into the crap. Yep. But it's gold for them. Oh, that's precisely right. Licenses, fees, fines, you know, even people being sentenced to prison. They're filling these cots, you know, they're making money, um, you know, filling seats sure. for yep. schools. They get paid per head. You know, I, I, I think you have to identify the bad policies before you can... Um, Correct them, and that's what you guys are doing. Well, Each you know, step some, by step, little... we're trying to trying to chip away at them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, listen. The, 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 now, I have a question. Uh, are any of you there? Um, what do you call it, anarchists? Yeah. Well, anarchists. that's such a cool. that's such a loaded word. No, it means no government. I believe no in government. I believe in self government and the free marketplace. I consider myself a free marketeer. The word anarchist has been sort of aligned with bomb throwers and violent people, and I just don't like that word. Okay, then uh, are you all libertarian small L, or in any of you capital L libertarians? All right, Mark, what are you? I, I don't know what the small L, capital L, I would... Well, libertarian, uh, just free thinking, free action, and capital L is a political party. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think any of us are big into the Mark's political party. Mark's a small government guy, I am a no-government guy, and Gardner, I don't want to speak for you. I am a no-government guy. Okay, so guy. you're a no-government guy. Two, we've got, you've got two no-government guys, one small government guy in the show. Right. Right? I, I okay. like to push it as no much government, as No government, usually I see anarchists as, as like um, the Bolsheviks in, in Russia. You know, it's, it's a ruse. For most anarchists, I'm not saying you're, you're insincere. I'm just saying, for example, my nephew, who's a, a, a communist, he's also an anarchist. Well, but that's the problem. See, that's the problem with that term anarchist, which is why I don't identify yeah, with it. Because the t- those people have ruined no that term, and the popular media only use uses it when it's involved with somebody throwing bottles at a you know a protest or destroying window fronts or whatever it is these idiotic uh, so-called anarcho-communists or socialists believe in uh, you know that's why I don't associate with that at all and even the term anarchist really sort of suggests a lack of rule and I'm not interested in that I'm interested in private right. property the rule okay. of private property which means that you as a private property owner can set whatever rules you want on whatever arbitrary basis you want to you okay, know I if wanna, you I want to chip away at a bad policy yeah. in America okay and now first I'm going to give you the context. I'll give you a real brief. Uh, uh, my, uh, where I lived in Richmond, San Pablo, California, um, there were three young people associated with the grandma who was taking care of the kids next door to me. Okay, All three of them were murdered, mm. one of them by uh, himself. And before he killed himself, I had saved his life from an overdose once through uh, breathing in him, mm-hmm. giving some air. And um, the, the one was killed by a Mexican national who bolted across the board. He was on a heroin high, and she loogied in his face. He came back later that night and shot her in the head, and then he bolted, right? So um, I think it's about – the reason I called was the separation between rich and poor. I think that uh, it's sad that Mexico is given the United States uh, tit while her own children are are sanctioned for being poor. For example – um, you know, I have to have uh, insurance, I have to have a registered car, and I have to pay these fines, which are a higher percent of my uh, income than for um, rich people. However, I've sat in court because I always fight my tickets, and they always put the fighters in last around here. Mm-hmm. And I have seen um, Mexican nationals 
time after time being released or or being you know what do you call it um, suspended sentence don't do it again for not having a license and I know many policemen who let them go because there's no legal way in California to get a license mm. you know I wish we had ridiculous. more time to go into this but we're short on time on the the immigration issues a whole other one call us back sometime though thank you for the call we appreciate it 800-259-9231 I gotta get in more calls here yeah. uh, Rob in Georgia on the amplifier line hello Rob hey yeah I want to talk about this uh, this uh, folk the rich sort of mentality that I hear a lot of time sure you know I think that uh, a lot of the socialists they really, they're really so confused. It's amazing because they really do not despise the rich. Personally, I despise the richest people. Why the so? Rich, well, the richest people are very clearly the people who control the most wealth. The people who control the most wealth is the government. I mean, the reality is that George Bush can move around far more trillions of dollars than the CEO of any Fortune 100 company. <laughs> I mean, point. so if you really want to talk about who is the really, really rich people, uh, person in this country, it would have to be the person who has the control over the most wealth. So you would it's say that never a private individual. he's not rich uh, in the fact that he's got a lot of assets in the bank. He's rich in that he has power, is what you're saying. Well, the whole point, no. The, the whole point is the only thing that determines whether or not you're rich are the assets you can control. And I the see. government controls those assets. Whether you, whether you own them technically is completely irrelevant. I mean, you might say that... You might say that a, a slave on a cotton plantation technically owned himself, but what difference did it make? Mm, good point. I technically own my house, but the government can control it out of me, uh, away from me, if they want to. Absolutely. So if you really want to, so you know, if the if the if the leftists really want to start attacking the rich, then they should start looking at the highest government officials and start working their way down. Brilliant call, Rob. Awesome. Thanks for it. Let's go to Dave listening on KGEZ in Montana. Hello, Dave. Hey, how you guys doing? We're good, but we're short on time, Dave. You got uh, about 30 seconds. I just seconds. wanted to say the separation of the rich and poor shows drastically in the justice system. Case in point, if uh, what happened to Rush Limbaugh happened to me, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'd be going through withdrawal in a dank uh, <laughs> no doubt about it. Dope. In fact, you'd have 25-year mandatory minimum sentence, which many and people also, in Florida have gotten. And also in the medical field. In, in in accessing common, decent, good health care. Yeah, there's definitely there's a discrepancy, Dave. We're out of time, uh, and it's, it's supported by the government, and it's just outrageous. We'll be back tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.